Welcome to SportsWave, the authority on sports and aesthetics. It is the 5th of Rocktober, 2019. We are broadcasting from Denton, Texas, America. This is Andy Yeager, and alongside me I have Abdin Gonzalez, Kellen Land. From the Big Apple, we have Jose Granados. From Dallas, we have Alex Yeager. And we have special guest, also from Dallas, by way of Miami, Mario Martinez. This is Sports Wave. Welcome, everybody. What episode is this? Which one? What's number? Episode four. Episode wow. four, sir. So I saw a study that says most podcasts do not make it past three episodes, and here <laughs> oh, we <man>. are. <laughs> it's exciting. Got the uh, longevity. Heck yeah! So how's hey, everyone doing? Pretty good, man. I say if you try hard enough, you can make podcast number five a possibility, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, Alex, good. how are you? I'm great. Thanks, guys, for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And Jose, with his Baylor gear on, what are you, what, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Just counting down the minutes until I can finally watch the new Joker film. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a world. <laughs> and I want to introduce our listeners to uh, a colleague of mine and a friend of mine, uh, Mario Martinez. How you doing, bro? You know, happy as hell. My uh, my Golden Panthers, the Butch Davis Golden Panthers, are now winning twenty four zip against UMass. You know, nice. Wow. Bowl, Amazing. Bowl, went to the bowl last year. We went all the way, but now we could easily say. That we're going to be two and three. So happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> happy to be here, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Awesome. Um, so yeah, this episode's going to be uh, pretty meaty, if you will. We're going to be talking some college football, as per usual. We're also going to touch on the NFL fantasy football hot takes. We're going to hear from a very passionate Miami Dolphins fan. Um, <laughs> And kind of give his take on the whole sports scene in Miami, maybe. Uh, we're also going to touch on the NBA and NHL. Both those seasons are right around the corner. Uh, we're going to talk, you know, some stars, some Mavs. And then, you know, we'll wrap it up with some aesthetics, some of the things we've been um, experiencing visually um, via sports and things of that nature. So um, let's kick it off. College football. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of start off with kind of what happened last, I guess, what week five or whatever, uh, that was last week, right? Um, I think week five is, or is it this week? No. Yeah. Yeah. Week five was last week. Okay. Well, anyway, kind of what we saw last week, at least when Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty close. Um, I will say Mac Brown is doing things at North Carolina, which is exciting for them, exciting for that program. Um, they were literally like mm, three feet away from upsetting the number one team in the nation. Yep. A late two-point conversion failed. Uh, and I have to say this. I'll say this right now. I thought that was the wrong call. I think you try your chances in overtime, even though you know that it's probably going to be an uphill battle no matter what, you're going to take 
chances to win when you have them. But I don't know if I go for two in that situation. It, I just don't. Uh, it's it's okay. So it's one of those decisions where you know you live by it or you die by it, and I... they died by it. I can see both sides of that token. You're in a game very, very hotly contested with right. the number one team in the if you make that, it's over. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, I can see where you're coming from. And watching that game, their defense was playing well almost the entire game. Yeah, and exactly. um I think they could have gone toe to toe even even with the, you know, the Goliath, you know, of Clemson. And and that's the thing. It's like if you're playing a really good team and you're on the verge of maybe upsetting them, you might get like think be like, all right, this is our chance right now. We may never get this chance in overtime. Let's just end it. I get it. But at the same time, the way their defense was playing, I think they would have held their own in overtime. And maybe, you know, you you wish for, you know, a, a good break go your way. Like maybe they miss a field goal or something or something crazy happens to turn over in overtime. Next thing you know, you just kick a field goal and it's over. Yeah. So I just didn't agree with the play call. I thought it was too aggressive, but at the same time, I see why he did it. It was just kind of crazy that they were that close to what everyone thought was a juggernaut. So I agree with going for two. I'll say that. I'm going to go ahead and put my chips right in because, you know, <laughs> you don't play for, for a tie. You play for a win, you know? Yeah, and this is college football, and what does UNC had to lose at that point? They're not going to be yeah. in the college football playoff, you know? Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a valid argument, really. And you way, look at and and when it comes to like big teams like that versus small, UNC isn't technically a smaller team, but when we think about recruiting and stuff like that, Clemson has depth and UNC doesn't. So you mm-hmm. don't want to go into a game further and further. Uh, you know, the longer you play that game, the more likely you're going to lose. At least that's what Great I point. see. Great point. You know, Does anybody wanted, else have anything? Oh, I was actually going to mention that this game kind of reminded me a lot, gave me glimpses of that Nevada versus um, what was it? It was Nevada versus uh, Boise State a few years ago with Colin Kaepernick at the helm. Except, yep. it wasn't a high-scoring game, but you know they really showed out there a lot of heart, especially when you kind of look at the fact that Coach went for that two-pointer. Oh, um, you know, in, in in that sense, you know they kind of fought. That, that was more of a pride situation rather versus it being a smart coaching decision at that point you know i'm not really going to give too much flack for a play call for going for the two especially that at that point you know you kind of have to look at the clemson secondary and they were just tired the hell out you know luckily you know there was a lot of offensive errors in unc for clemson to, to capitalize on that especially looking into the third quarter that you know from an offensive standpoint it was kind of a mess for both teams but you know I would I would cut him some slack for that call. Yeah, the only like issue that you could maybe make, in my opinion, is something that Andy touched on is the actual play itself. I mean, Grant playing to their strengths because you know that's what has been working throughout the game. But at the same time, you maybe wanted to be a little bit more clever with it instead of just going right into the teeth of the defense yeah, was... or something that is effective. Yeah, that was definitely a big boy call. It's like O line versus D line. Who can get it? Yeah, so I think as they go on, we'll we'll kind of see what Clemson can do. I mean, I don't think there's any any doubt that they'll make the playoff, especially the conference that they're in. The rest yeah. of their schedule looks it's pretty easy. Pretty easy, yeah. Um, I mean, the, was... barring a major upset, they should 
get to the playoff and then, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, Dude, UNC is back. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, hey, props it's not far off, man. They, you, hey, UNC might be back. In the NCAA basketball at times, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta wait for that, man. I heard they were gonna get a graduate transfer of a uh, unknown QB named Vince Young. Wow, <laughs> never heard of him. Wow. Nope. Um, well, he opened up a long store. He opened up a steakhouse here in uh, in Austin, Texas. You know. <laughs> wow. Just before he got his DUI, though, a few oh. years ago. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Brutal. not his first and probably not his last. Um, <laughs> Moving on to another kind of a local story that's been um, kind of making waves across college football. SMU uh, ranked for the first time Mm. in 30 years? Mm. (laughs) Since 1986, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So this, and I hate to say it as a UNT alum, they're kind of one of our rivals, SMU. But Battle for Dallas, apparently. And we definitely took them to town last year let's not forget that however this uh, year is different (laughs) different. yeah they destroyed us and then um this year though it's it's almost like smu is doing what we wanted unt to do like yeah they're they're ranked now they were you know completely irrelevant for going on three decades they got sunny dykes they got ellinger not ellinger no, Michelle, Michelle, excuse yep. me, wrong they, Texas quarterback. And they won today, which is important. Uh, you know, their right. rest of their schedule is much like Clemson. There's not much there to you yeah. know, get in their way. Uh, we're going to see them maybe in a New Year's yeah. Six Bowl. Maybe. I mean, they got Houston. That might, that'll be tough. But Could other be. than that, I mean. Do they, I'm, are you guys really downplaying Temple right now? <laughs> well, guys really done playing Temple. Historically speaking, SMU's Kryptonite has been Temple the last three years, man. Oh, really? I was about to say that's a bit optimistic. A New Year's Six for SMU. I mean, maybe yeah, that's it completely is. optimistic. Well, UCF did it last year. I don't think so. Yeah, I've been, I've been. You straight embarrass yourself right now, man. <laughs> Let's, okay, so wow. <laughs> Let's look at the rest of their schedule, just like very briefly. <laughs> And you tell me who's going to beat them. Well, they're playing right now, actually. They're playing yeah, Tulsa right and, now. And they're playing Tulsa, who sucks, and they're beating them. <laughs> they're going to beat them. So they have Temple, which, you know, could be a weakness. I know it's my weakness. Uh, uh-huh. Houston, <laughs> that could happen, possibly. Memphis, East Carolina. Who even knew there was an East Carolina? You know, <laughs> I did. Navy. Navy sucks at football. Oh, no, man. I don't know. Navy's pretty good this year. I think. And Tulane. Unless they're, if they're playing Army, I could see it, but they're not. Well, it's, it's interesting in the fact that in the 80s, and I guess maybe even in the 70s too, SMU was like really highly regarded in the college football landscape. They were like a powerhouse. Yeah, back in the Southwestern At- Conference, man. <laughs> exactly. And so... Whenever they got the quote-unquote death penalty, it really wiped them off the face of the college football planet. Um, yeah, landscape, completely, man. If you will. So it's awesome for them. Uh, you know, it's only cool because it's really it's it's local, so it's kind of close to home. They're they're really trying to embrace 
the Dallas aspect of it and, and be Dallas's team, if you will. Yeah, and sure. they're they're probably going to end up playing UCF in the championship game if the American yeah. Conference. Yeah, because yeah, UCF they don't play them in the regular season, but they'll probably play them in the championship game, unless they end up playing the Cincinnati Bearcats, who completely. Did they get? Are they in the American Conference now? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, the Bearcats. If you didn't know, beat UCF. Yeah, they did. Second, second loss for UCF this season, um, and then they released the most petty video of all time <laughs> on their Twitter. <laughs> that was essentially the "Wish Upon a Star" intro of most Disney, Disney movies, <sighs> and it said, "You hate to see it." <laughs> it's Dis- pretty funny. And, oh. and Disney cursive and everything. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I I think that's going to be the biggest test for them is whoever they end up playing in their conference championship game. And even then, mm. I mean, UCF is not what we thought they were. No, no, nope. they've already lost twice. Sorry, you calling SMU to go all the way? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will expect them to get beaten in a New Year Six Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it's just a good story. They're ranked. We'll see what they can do with it. And I really think Sonny Dykes, there's going to be some attention on him and maybe even a bigger program, maybe poaching him from SMU because that guy, his offense is something else. Yeah, 15 I graduate I think he's going to have to be at SMU longer because, you know, his Cal tenure didn't end so ceremoniously. But. Yeah, he got canned elsewhere. Where did he get canned from? Jose? Uh, Cal. Cal. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which Cal was a top 25 team until last week. Right. Uh, Sad. So Pac-12 playoff chances. R.I.P. <laughs> All right. Uh, other thing, uh, other teams that's kind of been on the radar that's been disappointing a lot of people is Michigan. Um, what is going on with them? They... They hired Harbaugh, what, four years ago? This was finally Michigan's chance to, like, get their guy in terms of, you know, their actual coach to try and get them back to where they think they should be in being a national championship contender. Hasn't really been the case in his tenure there. They lost again an early game to Wisconsin, another big game that Harbaugh loses. I don't think they've beaten Ohio State since he came in, right? Nope. So they're still 4-1. and one. They had an ugly win today against Iowa, but what do we expect? I mean, is this is Harbaugh, sh- should, should he be on the hot seat? Oh, he is on the hot seat. He has to be. He already at this, is, I guess. At this point, he has to be on the hot seat because it's – I think if they lose another big game, he's gone. I mean, that's I. No, I don't think so. I don't know. It's a huge buyout. Plus, I don't know if he wins like ten games this year, then it's like he'll be okay. Even know. nine, maybe. It's it's hard. I don't know. I, I'm one either way about it, and it. I think he's a good coach. I just don't think that he has the right people right now. Like he has no quarterback. The quarterback. They don't even trust the guy that's the row. Like, what? How how can you win if you can't trust your quarterback to throw? Well, they won today ten to three against. So somehow they pull it. I mean, listen to that score ten to three. They (laughs) had to like they probably ran the ball like fifty times because they didn't trust Shea Patterson. Exactly, and like 
I, I just don't see it. I honestly, it's it, it seems to me like until they find a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Tua, Jalen, the bus driver hurts, and <laughs> until they find somebody <laughs> like him, they're never they're not going to win the big game because if you can't trust your quarterback to make that key throw, it won't happen. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Uh-huh. And Ohio State is just doing numbers with everyone they get nowadays. Justin Fields, man, he's. I mean, he's he's out of this yeah, world. He's the train conductor as well. He is so good, <laughs> and it's like it's just like every single year, Ohio State has top level talent at the skill positions, and it's not even close. So when we kind of just bringing up Justin Fields really quickly, I know last episode or maybe the episode before we talked about Tate Martell. Yeah. And I briefly touched on uh, a Netflix series called QB1. Uh, yeah. I would uh, encourage everybody to, to just watch it. It's not really that captivating of a series, but it's very interesting because in the first season that I saw, it had Tate Martell and Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. And when mm. we look, and this, this was released like maybe a, two years ago. So they're still releasing this thing, and it has multiple different QBs that clearly are going to play somewhere. Like, yeah, you hit on three that are making waves right now. So, and they were all at Ohio State. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It was where they were at at high school. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, it's it's very uh, interesting that all three of those guys have ended up m- at least being spoke yeah. about. Like Tay Martell, Maybe. obviously, is asked, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but because he's a wide receiver now, if you didn't hear. Um, oh, but yeah, just like going forward, if you watch, because there's been like two or three seasons, you'll you'll probably hear names that we're gonna see in the next year or two. Is that Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Okay. So, no surprise, Michigan will never meet their high, lofty expectations. Um, Michigan was never the same after that Appalachian State game. That's I, an argument to be made. Never again. Too much never again. That's still one of the greatest upsets ever. They'll never notice that down. Notice the level of disappointment in that program ever since that game. Yeah. And they have never been able to be at least a top five team since that fateful game. Man, what a yeah, crazy... I think it's time to let go of Harbaugh and the khaki pants. Get him out. Wow. Mm. <laughs> hey, man, right now I'm wearing khaki pants and no T-shirt, so screw you. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of going forward. Eating cheeseburgers? <laughs> no, not eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> not Trailer Park boy style. Um, going forward, le- looking at week six, which is technically happening right now, um, we're going to preview a week early or a week out because by the time this comes out, it'll be – Week seven, um, but so week six, there's not really a ton of good matchups. You mentioned the Michigan game, uh, kind of expected them to win, but it wasn't a for sure thing. Uh, they they beat what number thirteen or something? Iowa, like, Iowa. Yeah, uh, right. Huh. So one game that's was going on is Florida versus Auburn. That's a big one. So uh, we had a prophecy from our prophet. Jose Granados, who said that um, Auburn was 100% going to win. And well, it didn't happen. So, first loss for Auburn. And, you know, going back to the very first week of the season when Florida played Miami, that was kind of one of those, one of those week one sexy matchups. Um, they barely, did they barely beat Miami or did they destroy Miami? 
They beat Miami. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the better team. It was the Oregon game that. Yeah. That was really the. For yeah, so Florida, I think we'll see what they can do. But like you know, I was saying this earlier today. There's legitimately four contenders in the SEC. There's the two no-brainers with Georgia and Alabama, but then you have the two wild cards, which are Florida and LSU. So, like, this was a big statement win for Florida. Yeah. And we'll see where they can take it. But like I said, there's still two world-class teams in that uh, in that conference. I mean, and then you you got LSU as well. So and Florida won with Kyle Trask, which is a yeah. backup quarterback. I mean, they're six and zero right now. Florida is. <sighs> it's crazy. Uh, Auburn was ahead of them and they lost one, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the quarterback for Florida bounces back from that. It looked like a terrible injury in the game today. Like someone rolled up under him and looked like he shredded his knee, but uh, he was able to walk off the field. I was actually kind of surprised. So hopefully uh, no more quarterback issues for Florida. Yes. So what they said was it was a slight MCO injury and he was playing with the MCO injury, I think uh, before that. So always a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, See Cam Newton. Uh, But yeah, so it Florida has a shot, man, of doing something big they, with a backup quarterback. I mean, they, Felipe Franks got hurt and he's gone for the season. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they do next week. Gigantic game for them. They got LSU, so yeah, Joe Burrow versus Kyle Trask. Exactly. So he, that's that's gonna be must see TV. Uh, and really, whoever wins that game, you can see. I mean, they also uh, Florida also has Georgia in a couple weeks as well. So. We'll we'll see really quickly if they're legit or not, but yeah, looks uh, good now. So another interesting matchup that's going on right now is Georgia versus Tennessee. Uh, mm. Right now, second quarter, it's fourteen to thirteen Tennessee. Wow, uh, yeah. So well, uh, it is in Knoxville, so yeah. there is some home advantage. But at the same time, who knew te- Tennessee still had it in them? Man, they're same. They're, they're one and three for they've crying been out trash right. all season. So they had to. Get a little kid to give them any type of press. Oh God! Um, and then we have Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. Ohio State's winning three to zero. I think that one will get out of hand by the third quarter. Yeah, I think both those games. Georgia should eventually wake up, and they'll probably win by two or three touchdowns. Ohio State, at the rate they're playing, they look great. I mean. Justin Fields for Heisman? Question mark. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he should be in the consideration. Absolutely, I, uh, there's no question. When when is what is the media going to start considering from over Tua? From mm, over Tua? Never. That's an outs- That's an outsider's look at it, huh? I think so. I think Tua is. I don't know. I think From is good, and I think he will be good in the NFL. Uh, I just. I think that he makes more mistakes than Tua, and Tua has been—he's uh, had a captivated audience since he's taken the uh, field, and he doesn't have as much, you know, I guess, competition. Right, and it's also just been silly numbers that Tua has been putting up too. Yeah, yeah, he's—he's he's a flashy player. He's pretty darn good, honestly. The best it. bus driver in the country. <laughs> <laughs> He's the train conductor now. Yeah. Um, but 
looking at this week that's going on right now, another matchup that's happening as we speak is California versus Oregon. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Cal pulled that upset off. They were a top 25 team up until uh, last week when they lost. Um, and then Oregon is obviously good. They're number 13 right now. So that'll be a, a matchup to look out for by the time this is all said and done and, and we look kind of yeah kind of wrap it up. But currently it's at zero zero. Yeah. Uh, five minutes have gone by in the first quarter, so, so not that much. But I watched UNT, the Mean Green, take on Cal, and their defense was was the high point. That's what what, what it, in my eyes looked elite. Um, the offense was hit or miss, but the defense was elite. So if they can keep Oregon under wraps and make it a, a close game. It's you're going to see another one of those scores like ten to thirteen or something like that. You know, for sure. Um, Does anybody else have a game they want to touch upon? Launch into Baylor talk. Well, yeah, well, how come uh, SMU is ranked before Baylor got ranked? Because from my understanding, they're both undefeated, right? Yeah, but. Who has Baylor played? Right. Oh, yeah. Ba- Baylor's schedule has probably been a real cupcake. Uh, right? They yeah, played like know. Rice, uh, UTSA, which is one of the worst teams in FBS. <laughs> uh, they played South Lake High. Uh, <laughs> I think they played my Riley alma mater, uh, LV Berkner. That's right. Um, they but, went to Berkner. <laughs> um, we have to talk about tech though real quickly because they did upset um osu osu mike gundy the and other us osu osu has to get a hair uh a haircut now uh, mike gundy has to shave his mullet off. hair versus hair matchup that's right yeah yeah man i gotta say i didn't know too much about this guy before literally today but jet duffy is awesome <laughs> he's from mansfield texas he starting quarterback right now for Tech. Because Bowman can never stay um, yeah. healthy. He, he, Didn't know he was local. He went off for 425 yards, four touchdowns. That dude's ice cold. But that can, that but, dude was ice cold but today. But can oh, he do goodness. it again? That's the question. A lot well, of people can do it for one game, but is is he consistent or is he Kellen Mond 2.0? Mm. Uh, nah, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't think Oklahoma State was uh, were world beaters by any means. I mean, they were – a decent team, but at the same time, I mean, I think Jet Duffy took over that game both on the with his feet and with his arm. Well, when you look at it, though, really what took over was the Texas Tech defense, right? And the only reason I know that is because um, Kaylee uh, <laughs> hit us up and told us that we had to talk about it, which honestly we do because you know Tech isn't known for their defense, and that was that was. Pretty impressive. Yeah, man. Several turnovers, uh, plenty of sacks. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It seemed like it was almost like an SEC defense playing. Them. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I wouldn't go that far, but like, wow. I mean, the score was 45 35. I mean, if yeah. your defense gets 35 points scored on you, maybe something's not going all the way right, but it is definitely a hundred percent an improvement over years past. Usually it's like, 65-64. Yeah, right. Seriously. So when when we got the request to highlight this game, uh, they had four sacks, three turnovers, uh, and two interceptions. So Incredible. That's that's really good. Pretty good, man. I mean, you got to you got to give it to them. 
Hey, I'm just trying yeah. to keep uh keep my lady please. All right, so. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're gotta keep. It's too late, Jose. It's too week. late, man. Yeah, Jose, you can go ahead and just end the call right now, so. Dude, please. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Let's go ahead and skip to to week seven because honestly, yep. they're better matches. Please do next week. So. <laughs> and you know. Texas, wait! 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 Oh, oh wait! Sorry. Can I talk about Baylor? Yeah. What's going on with Baylor? (laughs) They're doing pretty good. Uh, So they managed to get past Kansas State. Not that like Kansas State is a world beater or anything like that, but they're always a pretty tough out, especially in Manhattan. Uh, I believe it was. Let's see. I put it down here. They played in New York? Yeah. They played in New York. No. (laughs) Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, Never heard of it. That was... 31-12, 31-12, so the defense has really been improving for Baylor. It's definitely somewhere different than it was during the previous uh, iterations of the past few years. Uh, it's gotten better, keeping most teams down to like the 12 or 18 area, you know, less than 20. They improved to 5-0, and so it's a great start. But uh, next week looks to maybe be a bit of a gut check, especially after so yeah. with Tech. I, I got to ask, because – in the preseason, when Big 12 Media Day was around, um, came around, there was someone on Twitter who listened to Matt Rule talk for like two two minutes, and he wanted to run through a wall for him. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Matt Rule and just how he's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say turn around the program, but kind of put some of their past behind them? Well, I think he's done a lot. He's gone a long way. You know, he is. Uh, he seems to be kind of a genuine man who like does speak from the heart whenever he's talking to people. Uh, I also heard him speak in person uh, this summer. He was uh, very eloquent with his words, and he seemed very passionate. And it seems like he's looking past football and maybe just creating, like, a good a good like model for, you know, growing minds and stuff. But as for, like, his work on the program, I think that's definitely contributed to it, like, I mean, I think think it's all about culture eventually. Like, that's what it boils down to, you know. Um, And that's what he's focused on. Yes, you want to win games, but you also need to build the culture that somebody will buy into. Because if you don't buy into whatever the coach is selling, it doesn't matter, you know. the, The team will never work. You either have to be in or you're out. 100%. Big game. Hashtag Waco fam. Always. God. Your life. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to hit up just Twin Peaks after this. Touch on one or two things more, just super quick. Oklahoma beat Kansas, 45 to 20. Uh, Texas beat West Virginia, 42 to 31. Shocking. And Iowa State beat TCU, 49 to 24. Just so mm-hmm. finish up the Big 12 talk, I guess. And so, yeah, when we're. A lot of those teams are playing next week as well, and so obviously Tech and Baylor are playing each other next week. It'll that's going to be, fun be game, huge, man. isn't Is it, it? Tech's uh, homecoming week? No, that's I believe so. Yeah, I thought Baylor wait, was at home. Wait, no, it's Baylor's homecoming yeah. week. Baylor's uh, my apologies. Yeah, it's being played at Baylor. That's that's Which a, a big bold curious. move. Yeah, you yeah. know, you when you usually uh, you get Portland State for your homecoming game, <laughs> right? Portland right. State. Uh, additionally, it's kind of strange because they usually play in Jerry World, and it's weird that it's not happening this year. I think that's for the best. Yeah. Oh. Agreed. I think it's over. Low turnout. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, we saw that with A&M in Arkansas. But then when, but looking at next week too, I don't know if it always falls like this, but it's OU Texas weekend, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. All right. Let, let's talk about that real quick. N- nobody's going to show up to that, to the, if, if tech and Baylor happened at Jerry world, nobody would be there. You know? Right. Right. But yeah, that might have factored into it now that you mentioned. So OU Texas yeah, weekend, yeah. one of the most hostile, uh, college football environments, I think, eh, throughout the year, and just hostile environment in Dallas. You know, we're yep. we li- we've we've been in Dallas. We know you know what goes on there. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's it's good to oh, yeah. to be <clears throat> around, but it's crazy. Well, <laughs> you, you have to consider that a lot of alumni reside and work in Dallas. Yeah. And so it's always fun. OU Texas week at the office or whatever, you know, everybody shows their pride and everybody has a team. That's the thing, you know, and the the other thing it's tradition. It's been going on forever. Same venue. They didn't move it to Jerry world, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I think that would have kind of put a damper on that, that rivalry tradition. Completely agree. Like, yeah, it's the cotton bowl for crying out loud. The cotton bowl is just, it's just a, magical place for that to happen and, and you have to go to the state fair to be a part of it yep. and that's the other part of you yeah. know just being there you know and this year i don't know if y'all have heard but they're selling alcohol so the alcohol <laughs> oh, is going to be very prevalent so if you see some Chase fist fights yeah don't be surprised <laughs> always a great idea always a great I, I idea agree. i think it'll be fun you gotta yeah. get that revenue bro yeah. so you gotta be careful though when we're talking- I expect uh, Barstool Sports to have a feature at that tailgate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, have any of you gone video. to it? Uh, gone to that game? No, I wanted to go at the time. I wanted to go this year, but when I looked at ticket prices, I was like, you know what? I could rent out an entire bar here in Denton <laughs> and, and watch it. And watch it, yeah. Yeah, and so like if we're talking about this year's installment, obviously last year was was uh, there's a lot of fireworks. Uh, OU was favored like they will be in this one, but uh, we had Dicker the kicker win <laughs> on a really clutch kick. Oh man, yeah, to beat awesome. OU last year, legendary. OU, OU was previously undefeated. Obviously, OU got their revenge in the Big Twelve championship game, but. This year is another interesting matchup because both teams are going to be, I would imagine, ranked close to the top 10 for Texas. I think they're, yeah. they should be in the top 10 by next week. They were 11. Um, they're 11 yeah, now. Texas probably be like on the door. 10 or whatever. So, and then OU is going to be probably in the top five. So it's going to be both teams ranked close to each other. Yeah, it's going to be essentially who gets in the college football playoff. And, you know, you can kind of... In a lot of these matchups, you can kind of throw the stats and everything out the window because anything can happen. It's a rivalry game, and like we saw last year, last year Texas came out and beat them, even though OU, everyone on, on paper, you would think, oh, yeah, OU's a better team. And I hate to say it, but it, we're looking at it this year, OU looks like they're the better team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say going into it, they look like the better team, but sure. one thing that we've seen or like watched play out is that when it's OU Texas weekend that doesn't matter man oh yeah it's who go- who shows up and we see all types of crazy things happen we didn't think Texas would beat them the first time right. last year did we you know right. no, no, not at all so I I wouldn't be surprised if uh I mean obviously it's going to be a close game but I still think Texas is going to win 
Okay, so we're we're gonna put it out there then. So you, you think throw our, the records out the window when it comes to rivalry games? <laughs> yes, okay. thank you. Are, are, are we gonna see a lot of fourth down uh, tries here? Hell yeah, yeah. yeah it just I depends. think so. If they're in the middle of the field, I say yes. I feel like that's what happened last year. I feel like they went for on fourth like many times, except for the game-winning field goal. Almost, I feel so like so much showboating last year, yeah. if I recall. Well, we see the horns down. That's. <laughs> that's a penalty now I you know, can't even do that but I would still do it <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll take the 15 yards at kickoff who cares uh, Yeah. but yeah so it's it's going to be electric and I am so 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 ready for it um, when we look at some of the traditions there's a lot of uh, trophies on the line um they have apparently, from what I saw, like three or four trophies, which is pretty insane. I didn't know that. Um, there's like the golden hat, which is like the big one. And then they have like ROTC. Um, they have like X's, which is alumni. Oh. They have lots of other trophies that apparently they switch back and forth for this game. And that's Weird. really, really fun. I had no um, idea about that. I had a coworker last year tell me that he knew a group of people that would uh, tailgate at the OU Texas border on if so if Texas won, they would be there right there on the Red River facing Oklahoma for like the whole next day. <laughs> and if Oklahoma won, there were uh-huh. people on the other side that would be facing the Texas uh, border. Okay. So wow. essentially uh, just like screw y'all, we won, you know. But so, yeah, we'll see. Jalen so, Hurts is gonna face his biggest test. I think. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a real eye opener for him. The litmus test will continue for that guy. See if he's a train conductor or if he's just a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like that bus driver, Tua. Man, I'm more hyped for Jalen than I am for Tua. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so you bad. like you like Jalen, Mark? I love Jalen. I feel like Jalen has had more time. To prove himself that he has been the real deal. He's working with a different system that's obviously working with him. And honestly, next week is really going to show his two colors, especially for those believers that think that guys like Tua and From have much more value from a quarterback standpoint than Hurts. So next next week is going to be Hurts' come out game. Like, when I mean come out, I mean I tend like, to agree with you. Really show he means business. So I'm sorry, Mario, but I don't. I don't. I think I think that he's an excellent quarterback, but I think he, out of all the people that you listed, is the most system quarterback out of all of them. So I don't. I I just don't see how you're you're missing the Lincoln Riley system, but you're kind of overriding the Saban you know, Sweeney system. I, I Lincoln Riley has the most quarterback friendly system, I think, in college football. Yeah, so basically <laughs> it's gonna be a badass game. Um, and we'll see. I was trying to, I, I was I, trying to I, analyze I, that real hard. I mean, for the most yeah, I, give him a minute to think, guys. Oh my bad. Shit. Yeah, because I, 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 I mean, honestly, the way I'm looking at it is that I'm kind of translating this into the pros, you know, because again, you know, I'm kind of looking at this from the future, like one year from now, and the situation that the Dolphins are in, and kind of looking at the way that that core and core is built around, especially that 
you know, like look at look at it like this, right? The perfect storm for a guy like Jalen Hurts versus Tua, right? So, you know, Hurts could work at the Dolphins in the sense that one, well, first of all, the running game in the Dolphins is just absolute trash, and I don't see any potential investment <laughs> in that coming. And not to mention the fact that I could totally see acquisitions coming in like second and third round for the Dolphins, especially with those additional first round picks of building the entire O line for a guy like Hertz or Tua, whichever. But I feel that Hertz would follow up much better than Tua in the sense that there's just much more. There, there would be much more of a focal point for a guy like Hertz, which again they could build a system for him. But I don't know, man. I feel that he's not really that worthy of the bus driver title like you're mentioning. And, well, no, I don't. Well, think he's a lot a bus of the bus stuff is in jest. We're not really. Yeah, I. I well, that was on me because I on the first or yeah, it was the first episode. I was three or four IPAs deep, and I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I called. I called Hertz. Who started a, the Hertz bus driver? I, yeah, I, I did. Uh, it was me. And I, I own it. I said 100% that he's not a bus driver. No, and I don't, I don't see think episode that. three. Yes, but I will say. Yeah, um, episode three. I think that the Dolphins will need Hertz because he's going to have to run for his life like pretty <laughs> much every game. So, yeah, you, could, you guys should definitely take Jalen Hertz and give uh, like Trevor Lawrence and. To, uh, to somebody else because you'll get beat by them every year. Dude, I don't know, man. I think they should bring back Tenor Hill. <laughs> Screw that loser. Screw <laughs> that freaking loser, man. You kidding me? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not on the Dolphins, but I want to be Three traded. out of the five years of Tannehill hosting a solid O-line. And what a disaster it was for Tannehill, especially that. The dude has just had to been benched multiple times, and some of the injuries that he's been doing was because he's been running outside of the pocket most of the time. I want to say that most of the time he's been running out of the pocket is when he gets injured. So I call it that. Tannehill just has absolutely no awareness. Like the dude's trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, um, sorry. Real quick, did we want to give predictions for like scores or who's going to win on the Texas OU game? Yeah, sure. I'll yeah. start. I think OU is going to absolutely destroy them. <laughs> I say Texas by like three points. I say Dicker is the redeeming person in this matchup. Yeah, I'm thinking that also it's going to have to be something, yeah, like a field goal because it's going to be so close. This is going to be like literally a complete shootout, which you're not allowed to use anymore. They took that out of the title, but it's going to be a shootout. Hashtag what's your culture. What's your prediction, Kellen? Oh, points. I'm going to say it's a high scoring affair. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 62-56, Texas. Wow, wow. it's very okay. high. It's going to be a high-scoring <laughs> affair, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be high-scoring, too. But what do y'all think? Uh, let's say, Alex, what, what do you think? I think Texas has shown that they uh, they played the tougher schedule. By, you know, they lose to LSU. But Oklahoma hasn't really played that many good teams this year. So I'm going to get no Texas in a close battle, 28 to 24. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. Um, what about you, Jose? What do you think? I think it's going to be high scoring, but not nearly as high, high as uh, Kellen was saying. I think it's going to be like uh, 42 to 35 OU. Mm. Yep. Mario? I'm I'm leaning towards that 42 score line too. It's gonna it's definitely gonna be high scoring game, and I'm calling right now. Jalen Hurts is gonna go four touchdowns, no picks. <laughs> Jalen Hurts four <laughs> touchdowns, no picks. 
No picks. No picks. <laughs> no picks. What about that DBU, man? I know, man. The DBU is gonna come out for you that day. Three hundred forty-eight yards, two hundred on the ground. <laughs> three hundred passing, three hundred rushing. <laughs> and then he's gonna hit the gym immediately after. And yeah, post the Instagram video. <laughs> <laughs> do it like a 700 pound squat or whatever he was doing <laughs> the Jalen Hurts revenge tour is going to kick is been, has been kicking off in excellent form guys I can't argue with that True. Oklahoma Alabama True. needs to happen either it has to happen I think it could there's potential 100% so, that's so, exciting yeah and then when we look forward into that week what, uh, we have Alabama A&M snoozer yeah I mean, Alabama's and, and I, <clears throat> win. and I mean this in a genuine form. I mean it sincerely. I feel for you, A and M fans, <laughs> because Kellen Mond is your quarterback. Well, they came into the SEC guns a blazing with Johnny Football, and they took the world by storm. They basically renovated that stadium uh, for them, all because of you know the hype of them being in the SEC and competing and beating Alabama one year. Kind of giving everyone in Aggie Land false hope, um, and then you know they kind of you know the Sumlin era ended, and then now we have the Jimbo era, and so you think about the lucrative contract he got and the expectations that go along with it, and it's once again we're back into the cycle of you know the Aggies expecting to be national championship contenders, and it's just they're in the their 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 schedule finally has caught up with them. Their schedule this year is brutal, and so they're not going to have a good record. They're probably going to have four or five losses. Yeah, it's mediocrity for them in so, in their conference. I mean, I think it's because of the strength of schedule, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know that's what they wanted, so that's what they get. And it's finally catching up. This is the first time since they've been in the SEC that they played Georgia. <laughs> wow, that, really? That'll be a fun yeah. game. That was. Wow. I, I think. It, I think it already happened, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yeah, well, but anyway, we, we know what's going to happen either. But way. they play Georgia, they play Clemson, and they're playing Alabama. It's just too hard. Yeah, for them. it's a and, tough schedule, man. And I still would give Jimbo maybe, obviously, well, he was well, a 10 year contract, right? So uh, give him a little more time. I just think they're in a tough situation. You can't expect them to you know, beat all these teams. And, but that's the thing Aggies, they want success, and they've well, been starving for it for a long time. Well, they paid for it with that oh, yeah. contract to be. Uh, and that's why I think the, the Johnny Menzel era and the Sumlin era may have been the best and worst thing to happen to them because it kind of gave them hope that, wow, we beat Alabama. Like, we can really be on this, you know, top tier of college teams. Yeah. And then it kind of fell off from there. Well, yep. that's, you hate to see it, like uh, the Bearcats so. said. Um, so looking forward though, we see Notre Dame versus USC. That should be, that should be, I think at least somewhat of a game. USC has showed that they can hang. Um, I think Notre Dame will pull it off, but you know, I think this has upset material written all over it. Yeah. Um, I think USC could go out and win this game. Are they at home? Right. Uh, right. I think Notre Dame's at USC. Yeah. Yeah. so. So Notre Dame, they look good early. But they lost when it count. Didn't they lose uh, last week? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Georgia. I totally agree. Notre Dame is just that team that year and year again. The hype train is just so big in the first half of the season. 
and then they always f- try to find a way to just disappoint themselves. So yeah. I'm going for an upset here as well. So another, uh, you know, contentious matchup is going to be Penn State and Iowa. So I, I think it's kind of, we don't know quite, I don't, I, personally, I don't know what those teams are made of, but I think yeah, that would be, just lost too, so. be a uh, good matchup. But they lost to Michigan, so at least they lost to somebody. Um, and then we have Florida at LSU. Now That's that is going to be fun, man. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think LSU is going to win. We'll see if Joe Burrow and Coach O can pull it off, if they can understand Coach O's uh, play calls. <laughs> hey, man, we need to run trips so far. I will say. <laughs> we need to have him on our show. YZ. Yeah. The battle of the swamp. Yeah, exactly. Who... Who, who can, swamps it more? Who sinkhole is bigger? Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so real quickly, I saw a segment on uh, Lincoln Riley's offense, um, and I thought it was really—I mean, it was short and sweet. Joel Klatt, if you haven't heard of him, he is a college football dude. Uh, let's just say that. And he went down to Norman and talked with uh, um, Lincoln Riley, and what Lincoln Riley said essentially, is what he does with his offense is made makes it uh, QB-friendly. So the easier the read is, the better it is for the quarterback, which obviously that is what you want in an offensive system. But what was kind of cool was he credited Hal Mummy and Mike Leach as the godfathers of his system. Um, uh, sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Mike Leach, of course, yeah. Uh, Garden, Gardner Minshew, shout out. Um, but yeah, so I would say, you know, if you can find it, it's on Fox. Uh, I would play a segment from it, but we got to go. So <laughs> we got to move on to NFL. the NFL. Yeah. yeah. So and speaking of the NFL, um, let's yeah. take it from the Cowboys real quick, and then we'll check in with Mario on the status of uh, the Dolphins, which I think we all kind of know. But no, uh, so NFL's we're at the quarter way of the season. Cowboys started off 3 and 0. They had a really tough loss against the Saints last week. Huge game this week against the Packers. I think this will be another one of those lit- litmus tests for the Cowboys to see if they're legit or not. Absolutely. I think everybody around here and it's no surprise, we expect big things from the Cowboys. And yes, they didn't play the best (laughs) opponents. There it is. (laughs) They didn't play the best opponents in the first few weeks or so, but uh, this is going to be another big game for them. I Uh, think the way that they played New Orleans, though, is encouraging. Um, They have defense definitely stepped up. Yeah, yeah, they have a first-year offensive coordinator and the Pizza Boy. uh, Yeah, Pizza Boy, Kellen Moore, Um, and. We didn't see what we had seen the first couple of weeks, but I think that's to be expected. You know, not the the team is young, the offensive yeah. coordinator is young. They made it a close game, and they were right there, and they could have won it. You know, they obviously didn't, but it, in different circumstances, yeah. it was their game to take. Yeah, and it, the Saints kind of proved, like other teams have proved, like the Rams did in the playoffs, that um, you know we're gonna take Zeke out of the this equation yeah and i think zeke needs to i don't know what's going on i don't know if it's scheme or what or if he's still getting you know getting warmed up because he you know he didn't go to training camp 
even though everyone <laughs> thought he was training in Cabo, but... He's doing those uh, 12-ounce curls, man. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> so, I don't know what's up with Zeke. I hope that we're not falling into a Todd Gurley situation where we just pay our running back and then all of a sudden he he kind of uh, he kind of like just falls off. But either way, Cowboys look good. It's still early to tell. I don't think I think the whole fan base is jaded and I don't think anyone should expect that uh, this is a Super Bowl contender and even if they were, I don't I, I don't I don't think that you can expect that because we've been disappointed so many times. Yeah, but I think I, I want it to happen. Don't get I, me wrong. I think part of it is just the generation that we grew up in. Yeah, like I tell, well, you know, I talk to friends about it, and they're like, "Oh, hey, yeah. you're such a big Cowboys fan, but why don't you? You never seem upset when they lose." And it's like, well, you know, yeah, I saw Quincy Carter, so there you go, <laughs> Quincy yeah. Carter, man. So you, you know, I'm very optimistic about Kellen Moore, though. You know, I I do like the flavor that he kind of brings to that offense a lot. And and not and not to mention, I, I will make a comment about the Packers game. You know, I think that this is going to be Zeke's coming out game in in the sense because for the one thing, you notice the Packers this year has done really well as their secondary. Um, they're going to give Dak a really hard time in the secondary, but I think that the Cowboys can really take advantage of those short passes and maybe start using Zeke a little bit more dynamically. So, I re- I really do see Zeke going back to form against the Packers. I, think so. I agree. Yeah, I I completely I agree. agree. That's a good matchup, honestly, for Zeke, which kind of leads uh, into the next segment a little bit. Um, so what's up with the Dolphins, man? Um, you know, uh, for, the, for the most part, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know, from coming of the fact that it's a bye week, you know. Um, <laughs> Josh Rosen. Okay, here's, here's, here, here is my, uh, my conspiracy theory, right? I don't want to pull an Alex Jones. I don't want to pull an Alex <laughs> Jones here. The frogs I'm are already interested. In Miami. <laughs> yeah, the, the frogs are gay in Miami, right? Um, <laughs> the Mandela effect is in full swing. But I will, I will say this. Okay, I will say this, right? And this is my a personal take on this, right? I could treat a guy like Rosen just like the Colts are treating Brissett. Now, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Wait, this sounds wild, but the Colts next year will tank for Trevor. For sure. Okay. They, they were like, we're going to look for a medium-type quarterback that is solid, can be somewhat dual threat. And Rosen is not a bad quarterback itself. He's just been a He's really not. circumstance. He's a victim of circumstance from Arizona. The offensive line is trash. No wonder David Johnson gets injured every year at that point. And a guy like Rosen, like the dude's self-esteem is just like, man, you can even look at it from the team photos. I I look up the Instagram every week right after they lose <laughs> a game, and it's always the black and white photo. And I'm like, well, that's uh, another day in Miami, right? As a Miami <laughs> sports fan myself. But honestly speaking, here's the deal. Dolphins will totally win at least three games this season. At least three. Sure. But – I they will totally get the first round. They'll totally get the first pick in the they draft. They have to, unless I am convinced that Cincinnati are like I'm just convinced that they're just trying to make you know get Andy Dalton out of the, out of the Bengals, mm. you know. And yeah. and and that sucks because a guy like Dalton would work great in any other team but the Bengals. But you could tell that um, there's glimpses of uh, of Marvin Lewis still in that team, and not mm-hmm. to mention we still have some of the bad. Um, the bad administration of Gase in the Dolphins. So that's why you're kind of noticing that, you know, Brian Flores still hasn't put his magic in there. But I will say this. Taco Charlton is looking pretty good. <laughs> you have to give credit to Taco. You have to, and I was doing Taco chants at the Cowboys game. Yeah, he, he, he did. He gave 
Philip Rivers some pressure last week. You have to give credit credit for that. It all comes full circle, which is crazy. Right. And and not to mention a guy like Flores will put will make him go will make him stray. You know, one of the funniest things I learned about the whole Kenny Still situation um when he got traded was that um he was really pissed off about the whole Jay-Z, you know, partnering up with the NFL. Yeah, he was. And uh, you know, cuz he's taking the knee and whatnot. And all of a sudden, Brian Flores was asking during the training camp, hey, I want you to bump Jay-Z for the next eight songs in a row. And that is an actual training camp story. Oh, yeah. That was an actual training camp yeah. story. And at that point, I'm like, dude, Brian Flores don't play, dude. Mind oh. you, like, that dude's half Latino. Did you know that? You thought he was totally black? He's half I thought he was just too? a black guy. No, <laughs> Didn't know that. that. That man is Honduran, dude. He knows how to get into people's heads, you know? Well, they're tanking for Tua, and so you should be excited for next year. But this year, I don't know, man. I'm not excited for Tua. I am not. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I would be. I can't. I can't, I'm still not convinced to to be balls deep for Tua. I'm really going more for Trevor, in this sense. I because, would too. Because Trevor is a generational quarterback versus a guy like Tua, and you know what? I'll even I'll even agree with you, right? Like Hertz is not someone to be excited for either. But if I was the Dolphins, I would put a strategy like the Colts are doing and, you know, give a two-year contract to a guy, you know, like Brissett or, you know, Brissett and Rosen to me are both, you know, sort of at that same level right now from a confidence perspective, even though, like, Rosen inherited quite a bad team. But, you know, you wait it out for two years, you know, you get a, you know, low, you know, high to mid draft pick, and then next year you totally tank and you go for the grand prize. The yes. freaking trip. You know, thank you for Trevor. That's the hashtag to follow, boys. <laughs> are they making T-shirts sense. in Miami? What's, what was that? I said, are they making uh, T-shirts in Miami for tanking for Trevor? Uh, you know what? I saw one jersey at the game that said ta- that said uh, that said Lawrence. It said, but I saw plenty of Tua jerseys though. Ooh, Can't custom Miami to it. People are spending one hundred and twenty dollars <laughs> getting those custom to. To a printed shirts now, and it's disgusting. Okay. It's disgusting. Wow. I hope I you agree. get Trevor because he's the better quarterback. So, last wrapping up with NFL, we're gonna do some fantasy hot takes real quick. Uh, Alex, what what are we looking at fantasy? Who's doing good? Who's really tanking? Like any quick takes on fantasy? So the first thing I'd say is that my Michael Gallup prediction of being a breakout player this year was completely wrong. So please well, take hurt. whatever I say with a grain of salt. No, he w- <laughs> I would say that was a good, actually, prediction. He just got hurt. Oh. I know. Well, if uh, there's any other predictions I'd like to make is uh, sell on Joe Mixon. He used to be, mm. you know, really highly sought after running back in fantasy. But this mm-hmm. year with the way Cincinnati's playing – I would sell right away. Trade away Joe Mixon. He's going to peak this week. His value is going to be the highest this week going against that Arizona Cardinals defense, which is also ass. And, (laughs) you know, just trade that player right away. So I'm selling my stock on Joe Mixon. The stock I'm buying, however, is, excuse me, Leonard Fournette. Mm. Buy all your Leonard Fournette stock now. Trade for him if you can. And that that offense goes through him every every possession. He's not leaving the field. And plus, they've got the backup quarterback in. He's the jockstrap king, Gardner Minshew wow, himself. Minshew. So let me Minshew just say mania, that uh, if you have an opportunity to trade for him, I would definitely look for Leonard Fournette to be a good player the rest of the fantasy season. 
All right. Well, I can't awesome. argue with that. Yeah, I think those are good predictions. I will say that I hate fantasy football because <laughs> both of my teams suck right now. Um, I have Keenan Allen, but it's not really doing too much for me at the moment. So mm-hmm. we'll see what what happens. You know, fantasy football though is one of those things where you can be cold the first half and yep. then be hot the second half. So I'm holding out hope. Uh, we'll see what happens. I just hope that I at least make it into the playoffs in one of my leagues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, on my end, real think- quick, I had a couple guys go off on the Thursday game. Uh, I had Cooper Cup starting in PPR. Of course. Uh, he is the fuel that pushes that offense for the LA Rams. It used to be Todd Gurley, which Todd Gurley actually had a decent game last week. He went off for 15 points in my standard league. Yeah. Um, and oh yeah, by the way, Cup had 26 points in my PPR league. So uh, I'm really happy with, with my Cup investment. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm kind of worried about Stefan Diggs since he is kind of requesting a trade and they're not really saying he's going to be uh, starting this week against, um, uh, against the Giants. So I'm probably going to bench him. But other than that, Cup's doing awesome. Gurley, we'll see about him. I'm actually on the verge of maybe just cutting Gurley altogether. Wow. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It, wow. doesn't, it doesn't look good. He had a great game last. Uh, he had an okay game. He hey, scored, you could probably get Marley Mack out of uh, Todd Gurley. That's what I'm saying. What about you, Mario? Marley Mack's you? nice this year. Mario, you got well, any fantasy hot takes? Well, uh, I, I will mention this. I am 0-4 in all my leagues, guys. So <laughs> that is... Which I is crazy from, to uh, think about because you're really up-to-date on this fantasy stuff. But I am an optimistic Chris Carson owner. So I was very happy to see Chris Carson uh, go off. Now, I will say this, though. Um, I did do a controversial trade that I'm probably going to regret highly. Um, I did, in one of my leagues, actually trade up uh, Tyler Lockett for um in, in week one for the combination cuff of ronald jones and peyton barber yeah that's <laughs> oh my a gosh. terrible trade yeah i mean i mean i was really hyped I, I won't lie i will not lie i was really hyped for the um you know again the bruce arian system and whatnot i was hoping that you know there was going to be a lot more dynamic uh you know plays happening for tampa bay this year but as we all know, it's going to be the James Winston show for now on, um, especially that contract year. So you know what? I will say this right now. I'm saying right now that James Winston is the real deal. Wow. I agree with you so wait, much. Wait, wait. I agree with you, Me Mario. and Alex go back and forth I've on this all the time. That all year. Yeah, me and yeah. Alex argue about this all the time. Pick City. Yeah, James Winston ha- is blowing the hell up. The dude knows he's, he's either <laughs> – he, he's he's about he's trying to get paid. He's trying to get paid. Like, That's a good point. Like think about it like this. Think about it like this, right? You know the the problem with Jameis has just been the fact that he's just been doing a lot of you know he's been doing a lot of questionable plays and not to mention all the stuff off the field. Like but his let's whole talk career. about this real quick. Let's talk about this real quick. So you're Against- saying that he's making terrible plays, right? That's what you're saying. Right, but I I, I have I have good faith in Bruce Arians with Jameis though. I like, like Bruce Arians. I just do not like Jameis. This is his second consecutive 300-plus yard game. You know, seven touchdowns in two games, you know, especially away at the Rams. You know, that's – dude. That was have, impressive. That's props. 
that's props right there. He was the due fact. for a big game. I mean, he's got weapons on his team. He's got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and like you said, the Bruce Arians offense. You know, it's not going to be that, uh, you know, that rewarding for for running backs, but it's going to be really rewarding for the quarterbacks and wide receivers in that system. So, you know, like you said about those uh, mistakes he made early on in his career, I think he's grown out of it, and he's got a good coach. Uh, they've got a solid squad. Like I said, he's got weapons. So I'm buying all Jameis Winston uh, stock. If you, I can, you should not trade me whatever quarterback you have for so you can take. Well, Jameis not Wilson. so fast. I've got Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say I this. got Russell Wilson. So, yeah, Russell Wilson for sure. MVP yeah. candidate this year. But I will mention this if Jameis Winston can beat New Orleans away at New Orleans, he's the real freaking deal, regardless of the record, regardless of the whole situation in Tampa Bay. I'm going to say that Jameis is going to be the real deal for us this season if he does good. That is, I agree with Mario on that. That is indeed some actual fantasy hot takes, so I appreciate you guys going on that that limb there. We're going to pivot now. Uh, NBA, NHL are either already started or right around the corner. Uh, we have a resident Stars fan here, including myself and Kellen Land, who is very passionate about hockey. Uh, yes, the Stars are my team, man. So, star season just started. Last year, had a nice little playoff run. Unfortunately, we got vanquished by the St. Louis Blues in seven games. We don't want to talk about that. But we want to talk about what to expect this year. I think the Stars kind of galvanized the city again. I think they are now top of mind awareness for the Dallas or the average Dallas sports fan. Uh, The Stars bring excitement now to everybody and if you're looking for something to do on a random thursday night maybe you might go to a stars game uh they're a pretty good team so they're a good young team but i mean what are we what what do we expect this year with the stars well um yeah last year's playoff run was amazing but yet incredibly heart like just like heartbreaking uh losing to the blues in double overtime game seven seems to be the only way that the stars know how to lose yeah (laughs) seriously though i mean uh man there was that that wraparound by jamie ben that they had to take a look at and uh, just ended up not not happening man but um yeah, the, the expectations are high. Uh, man, lots of very good young players. Um, and, you know, you've got a solid solid base with uh, Sagan Radulov. Uh, we picked up Pavelski from the San Jose Sharks. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we got Jamie Benn. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him here in a second. Um, but, yeah, the, the expectations are high. Uh, for me, personally, um, I'm hoping for to at least break into the Western Conference championships. And the Final Four. Yes. I, I couldn't Bishop agree with you. the real deal. What's that? Ben Bishop is the real deal, man. Uh, he sure is. Dude. Uh, it 18 was a... out of 20 shots. Stopped 18 out of 20 shots against the Bruins. Even though, you know, again, there's, there's, there's a questionable lineup happening in the back. For the stars, I really like Ben Bishop. That dude is a stud. Yeah. Personally, I mean, I'm a Gudobin fan, but oh, yeah. here we go, dude. Yeah. I knew it. So we had a feeling that this was going to come up because oh. Alex has a very unpopular opinion and very like not founded in data or reality. Uh, <laughs> not whatsoever. He got completely roasted on a local radio station for this particular viewpoint. And uh, you know what, Alex, I give you props for 
sticking to your sticking guns. Sticking to your guns on this one. But man, after that last performance that Bishop had, I just don't see how you can still say that Bishop isn't the real deal, man. Well, uh, I just think that the result would have been different if Gudobin would have played in that final game against the Blues because, now hear me out, the defense, you know, and our you know our offensive players as well, you know, they the way they enter the zone is different when Gudobin is in there. You know, there might be some more goals scored. It'll be like a high-scoring match. But I just thought that the, the matchup dictated for a change at goalie. You know, and we saw Bishop go down with the injury in that last game, which let in another goal. And, I mean, guys, I might be wrong. I might be taking this to my grave, but, I mean, I called in to a local radio station. and even gave <laughs> Yes, we in. know. So, <laughs> so I guess Alex, Alex, how do you and, reconcile that with the performance that he put on that night? He literally drugged the stars in to a double overtime performance when well, there was next to no scoring in the beginning. I just think the result could have been totally different if you put Godobin in. Yeah, probably That's a loss. That's my reconciliation right there. Okay. Just the fact that, you know, it could have been different with him, right? If it could have. Won, that would have been the other Yeah, result. they could have lost way sooner. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it could have, like, <laughs> not gone to overtime. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. regardless, we we appreciate your hot take. Yeah, yeah. Props for sticking with it. I don't get it, but but whatever. overall, I think what the stars did in the off season was good for a couple of reasons. Meaning, they have a young nucleus, which is maturing. They have their veterans that have been there. Sagan, Ben, the leadership. They have a coach who's coming into his own. I think he's a young coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was Monty. first year, Monty, man. first year coaching in the NHL last year. And then on top of that, what they did in the offseason is what championship teams usually do. They got additional veteran uh, players. They win. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that Monty is the Cliff Kingsbury of uh, the NHL. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, he's probably the closest um, you can get. Yeah, he's not young, but he's <laughs> the so, offensive mind. Yeah. Overall, I think every the general consensus for the Stars is pretty optimistic. I think expectations are pretty high. Let's hope that they get into the tournament. The NHL can be a crapshoot a lot of times in terms of a, who makes the playoffs. And then when they do get to the playoffs, who wins, we've seen lots of eight seeds beat one seeds. And then of course, All last season, man, yeah. it was a wild cards winning the entire thing. Just like topping over uh, division winners, yeah. man. It's I mean, crazy. my favorite by the way, and shout out to you, Tampa Bay fans. But um, you really got your asses handed to you by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I hope you hope you like that. Wow. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. It was, it was the Hurricanes, but yeah, Kirk Cousins. But anyway, it was wait what? Wait, it wasn't the Blue Jackets. Uh, never you mind. Like Let's that. just move forward. Anyways, <laughs> pretty sure it was the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I think so. But anyways, anyways, anyways uh, I think it's going to be awesome for the Stars. I just get them get in the playoffs and see what happens it'll be a good season and uh screw the blues also we have to you definitely have to chime in and think it's very very interesting that a classic and old dallas stars rival has joined the roster and Corey perry uh, someone that fans have detested for years because of well frankly because of his jackassery on the ice <laughs> right that um that now they've added him on a one-year contract Hey, if he can contribute, I I right. will accept him with open. Yeah, arms. I mean, right now he's injured, so he can't play. But it, it's so, definitely yeah. a controversial signing for a lot of very much so. uh, Stars fans. At the same time, though, I see where he brings some value. Veteran, 
I guess you could say leadership or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like he is a big dude. He could help us. We need some yeah. more physical guys really like that. Because uh, I think a big thing last season is what we were lacking in the secondary scoring. Um, I mean, that was yeah. that was definitely helped out by some of the younger guys. Uh, see uh, Rupe Hintz, um, you know, uh, Haskinen. Uh, but a lot of secondary scoring was lacking, and I think that's uh, why we kind of brought in these guys, uh, I mean, we needed someone to center that second line because, uh, you know, Spezza was on his way out. Mm. So we grabbed Joe Pavelski, and uh, I think that's a fantastic signing. I think he's going to oh, do yeah. great here. He's awesome. He's like the best at deflections. Like, mm. That guy gets right in front of the net and has such great hand-eye coordination. It's it's amazing. Dang. And um, also a guy with plenty of playoff experience uh, right. with the and San Jose Sharks. And that's what's going to be critical for us uh or for the stars excuse me Just absolutely like a homer right now but uh it, it, last thing racking up wrapping up with nhl it's regular season very much so is a marathon not a sprint we saw it with the blues on january 1st 2019 they were in dead last place in the nhl yep. and so i just for the stars and any other team you know it's like we can't jump to conclusions if they come go to a bad start or a good start. It's really going to matter when it's that last month of the regular season where we're talking about March. That's when it's going to matter. Yep. And so everything up until that point is going to be preparing for that time period leading into the playoffs and then into the playoffs. So I hope the Stars learn a lot this year. I have high hopes. And, yeah, let's go Stars. Let's go Stars. And also uh, yeah. one final thing is uh, the Winter Classic is oh, being yeah. held here in Dallas in the good old Cotton Bowl, which and is very interesting. What's crazy is me and Kellen, and I think anyone else we would talk about Stars Hockey with, would, would always talk about years ago, how cool would it be if the Dallas Stars got a Winter Classic game? Like, we thought yes. it was like a pie-in-the-sky idea. Right. Like, that would be so cool, but it would never happen because it's Texas or whatever. And then sure enough, last it was earlier this summer, I think, they announced that the Cotton Bowl will be hosting the 2020 NHL Winter Classic Stars versus Nashville Predators, which, Predators, which is awesome because they played in the playoffs last year, so it's even more hype. Yes, exactly. Tickets sold out fairly quickly. Right now, they're hovering around the hundred fifty to two hundred dollar range. My insider ticket buying uh, advice to you, <laughs> wanting to go to this game, would be wait until after Thanksgiving and into December. You will see people. Um, just so happened to come up with plans for New Year's Eve and they're going to want to get rid of those tickets. And so right now they're kind of high 200. I don't think I would do that, but I, I would imagine them coming down into the hundreds, maybe even under a hundred if you're lucky uh, to get into the cotton bowl. Cause I mean, that's, that's going to be an awesome experience, but what is the weather going to be like? Yeah, that's the true question. <laughs> uh, you, you can't predict it whatsoever, but hot. Uh, yeah. Like, if it's a, like, let's say it's like 70 degrees on New Year's Day. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it could happen. It could know. happen. I mean, they have NHL uh, outdoor games. They have the uh, the series out there in California all the time. I mean, the ice isn't going to be any issue whatsoever, it, but it's it, just it'll be, be a little weird because it's called the Winter Classic. It's going to be <laughs> a spectacle for multiple reasons, reasons. But above all, who would have thought, let's just say even 20, 30 years ago, that there would be a packed cotton bowl to watch ice hockey in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ice it's hockey crazy, in Texas. Man. That was like an oxymoron, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, and, and now we're talking outdoors. Like it's it's just going to be really interesting. Uh, 
I know me and Kellen are really excited about what kind of the uniforms they're going to be wearing. Usually in the Winter Classic, they kind of kind of a throwback special jersey. Mm-hmm. And so since the Stars have only been around, or the Dallas Stars installment, have been around since... Uh, 94. 94. It's, they can't go f- too far back. But if you look on Dallas Stars Twitter, they did release an awesome video kind of giving you a hint at what the inspiration of their logo and uniform are going to look like. And it dates back to the, I guess, Dallas Texans hockey team right. in the 450s. I don't know. Uh, it looked like yeah, it, was it was really a while old. Back. Yeah. So it's a really cool logo. They're already, they already have merchandise for it. But um, I would imagine they're going to use that logo with the victory green. And maybe almost, I would imagine the logo is going to be like a cream white. Because usually it's like, right. a, it's not white, it's like a cream white. And I won't be surprised if they incorporate elements of the Minnesota North Stars, which is what the franchise came from uh, whenever they moved right. here in 94. Green, uh, uh, I'm sure there'll it'll be some sort of uh, mesh of all three of those. That'd be Maybe. awesome. I hope so. Uh, I, I've got, uh, I'm optimistic about what the jerseys are going to look like. It's going to be awesome. It's yeah. a once in a lifetime opportunity, I think. Uh, and I, I think it's crazy that they're, they're having it here. And also that it's at the Cotton Bowl. Cause yeah. like you were saying earlier, whenever we were talking about, what if they had mm-hmm. a winter classic here? Yeah. It's like, I don't want it anywhere else. I mean, no hate to, you know, Jerry World, sure. but the Cotton Bowl would be the most classic. It's like the most classic place in history. Dallas. Yes, exactly. It has the most history. And, uh, man, uh, the NHL did it right. And, yeah. uh, and I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, even the commission said when they had the NHL draft here in Dallas, I think it was last year or something, yep. that, that's kind of what pushed or made the ball mm-hmm. start rolling faster for the winter classic. And, it's just like, it's such a far-fetched idea, but it it's really actually is. happening. <laughs> uh, it's happening um, in the South. <laughs> so a lot of exciting stuff for Dallas hockey and hockey in general. So uh, the other season that is actually about to start, something that I'm personally super pumped about, is the NBA. And most notably, the Dallas Mavericks. They are entering a new era. The Dirk Nowitzki era is over. And we are now entering the Luka Doncic slash Kristaps Porzingis era. And we're so fortunate to have turned the page and just so happened to have two potential superstars on our team. But we're also entering a new season where half of the entire league was a free agent last summer. And there was a lot of turnover. And we're really looking at the most wide open NBA regular season in a long time. So uh, I have high hopes for the Mavs. I'm not going to say that they're right now a championship contender. But man, is it going to be fun seeing Kristaps and Luca on the same court doing that pick and roll. And I mean, I'm just, I'm so, I, I couldn't be happier to be a Mavs fan and just so lucky that we're not going to have to go into basketball Siberia for 15 years. <laughs> winter. I can't, I can't wait for you guys to play against the Rockets and just have your dreams crushed. All right. Fair enough. I mean, the Rockets Dang, coming on strong. The, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to say that the Mavs are on the Rockets level right now. I mean, the no, Rockets are they're going for it now. The Rockets, on? I mean, the Rockets are going for it now, and I get it. Hasn't worked for them for a long time. No, and honestly. Are they about to pull an OKC? <laughs> probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But, again, the, the NBA is pretty wide open this year. You know, the Warriors have been kind of dismantled. They'll still be good. I think the favorites are clearly going to be the L.A. teams. Lakers and Clippers. Alex, I mean, what do you think? Do you have any um, takes on that? Yeah, I think the entire Western Conference is going to be loaded this year. I don't know how Houston makes it work with both of their really ball-dominant guards, but 
I think they'll be contenders in the end. Um, one thing I want to say here is that I really wish that the NBA would go away from the conferences. I think they should just have, you know, in the playoffs instead of an East and a West, just like the top 16 teams would be way better. Kind of like the way, uh, you know, like a table in, in soccer. Yeah, you honestly, know, I'd like that. It would be better, you know, and I think the matchups would be better. It would be mostly uh, Western teams because all the teams in the East, I mean, they're just trash. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it, it should be 1-16. to 16. That would actually spice it up and make the playoffs even more interesting than they already are um, because a lot of those games, on those Eastern Conference playoff games, you know, like – there's not a lot of interest because everyone's like, well, they're not going to win the championship. So that would be pretty awesome. And, you know, I, I really am kind of pissed that the Lakers are now like, of course, they get two superstars, like two of the top five players in the NBA. And of course, they're going to be good again this year. LeBron looks like he's like this is the first time he, he missed the playoffs last year in like 15 years or whatever. So he's going to come out guns a blazing. Anthony Davis is going to be great because he's now in a place that he wants to be. The Clippers, on the other hand, are really interesting. Kawhi Leonard pulled one of the most crazy moves in <laughs> in sports, winning a championship with Toronto. Everyone knew he had the possibility of leaving, but their best-case scenario happened. They won a championship, but yet Kawhi was still like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to L.A. We've never really seen that Uh that type of free agent move. So I'll be interested to see what he does in the Clippers and if the Clippers can kind of really, you know, bolst up their brand and, and things, you know, they're, they're actually in the, in the, in the process of making another stadium. Um, Steve Ballmer is actually in litigation with uh, uh, James Dolan of MSG who owns the form. They're thinking about demolishing the form in LA and making their own stadium and changing their name as well. So they're really trying to separate themselves from the Lakers and Staples Center. Um, so yeah, NBA is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm just glad they they shuffled the deck. And Dude, yeah. Porzingis is jacked too. Dude, Porzingis hit the gym. Yeah, man, because he's been <laughs> fighting in yeah. Yugoslavia. All fighting in Yugoslavia. Yeah. Getting charged up outside bars and pushing yeah. weed. He's been training under Dolph Lundgren to fight Creed. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that'll be fun. Our yeah. last segment is going to be dedicated to aesthetics and things of that nature. So uh, just so real quickly, uh, upset alert, SMU is losing to Tulsa 23-9. to Oh, <laughs> no. Dang. <laughs> Cal is beating Oregon 7-0. to Okay, well, that's why we have live podcasting. Exactly. OSU is up over Michigan State, twenty-four to ten, and the second quarter about to be the half. So yeah, but I just wanted to bring that. No, up yeah, that's we good. Finish I, because of course that happens. SMU is. Yo, I guess is not. someone driving? I'm hearing like a clicker, <laughs> like a turn Mario? signal. I think that was Mario. He's a uh, driving oh, yeah, to the dude. strip club. I'm getting ready to go to this party tonight with Andy. He's actually. going to Onyx. All right, well. He's pulling up the Jaguars. So, <laughs> just for Good our last segment, we talk about aesthetics. So, like jerseys, things that look cool in general, things that are appealing to the senses. One thing that I saw, and we're kind of 
talking about basketball again, but the Brooklyn Nets came out with a gray court. This is the first time in the NBA that there will be a gray hardwood floor for a basketball team. And I got to say, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It looks really awesome. The whole court is kind of grayish and you got a black background uh, on the, on the sidelines and the font they're using awesome Helvetica font that they use on the subways. It's just so simple, but so beautiful. Check it out. I'm, I'm really kind of proud of the Nets to kind of take this innovative approach to court design. Ironically, the Mavs did something interesting too. Um, a few years ago, they had a court design contest and I actually entered it. You can actually see my entry on my Instagram from like three years ago, but, uh, I kind of had a similar approach. I changed the court color, which is kind of really against the grain. Uh, a lot of courts traditionally and, and teams, they want to keep that traditional look of having the hardwood color there. Well, the Mavs, they have a new court too this year, which is actually going to feature the silhouette of the Dallas skyline kind of in the background. You'll still have the, the brown hardwood floor, but then they also have uh, accents in the three-point line and in the... Uh, I guess the free throw key or whatever, the painted area where the court is a little lighter. And then on top of that, they have the silhouette of Dirk doing a fadeaway on each of the baselines. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And when I saw that, I almost thought it was Photoshopped. I was like, oh my God, this can't be real. But this, it's like going to look so awesome when you watch Mavs games this year. And, you know, an homage to the person who got them where they are now. I yeah. mean, honestly, the Mavs have been prevalent for a long time. Yeah. And it's only until recently where we had to deal with this reality of moving on from dirt. Got him that ring. Yeah. Dude, they should have gotten a silhouette of Mark Cuban sitting in a shark tank chair on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, Mavs season is going to be mage. Yeah, it's going to be it's so gonna be fun to watch. So much fun. Especially on that court. The only thing that's going to suck is the damn tickets are going to be so expensive because everyone's going to be on the hype train, but you know, know. is what it is. Uh, Final thoughts, anybody, anything. Aesthetics wise. SMU's uh, freaking unis are mage, man. Their Dallas uniforms caused controversy among the podcast hosts. (laughs) I was a dissenting thought there. Yeah, yeah, but I, I like that one. You're You're I like their logo on the helmets, the Triple D, yeah. Dallas. Yeah, the Waterbill logo. That was yeah. actually my <laughs> biggest uh, dissent oh, on it. Why I don't you like not, it? I don't know. It just looks weird. It looks like a, like that old logo for that one. I don't know. This is kind of a weird reference, but like old 80s movies, like a old 80s movies film logo. It's, yeah, it's like, like multiple C's or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. And then on the jerseys, it was said Dallas in cursive, yeah. which I was like, dang, they're, they're really, really going out, it. all out on the Dallas gear. <clears throat> they're really owning that. The yeah, Dallas. Good, good for them, except they're losing now, so nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's the sad part. If they do mm. start being bad, how ironic would it be? Yeah, they got to take it off whenever they lose. They <laughs> got to peel off the letters. <laughs> they got to put back on the disgrace. The uh, death penalty uniforms. Yeah, they'll just oh. <laughs> no, no. They'll just put hedge. They got to stick on Highland Park instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. the Scots. Wow. Um, so I will Sorry, say SMU alumni. Florida's uniforms this uh, week were awesome. And you know what? 
they won. So what does that tell you about the uniforms? Oh, dude, you're right. Wisconsin wore some like Staples uniform yeah, uh, uniforms God. with their khaki looking pants. I was like, wow, bold move, Wisconsin. Dude, somebody called them panty. Like, oh, they look wow. like panties, you know? They're just really gross. Those look crazy. That's such a good point, Alex. <laughs> some staples looking at. <laughs> they do look yeah, like staples. Like wow. Staples. <laughs> As a former Office Depot employee, I take offense. They look really slow. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and then the Notre Dame ones, uh, those were actually really good. I, you know, I'm always a fan of like <laughs> classic ones. I'm a big fan of shiny helmets. I was a fan when Baylor did them, Notre Dame, Notre Dame did them for their Georgia game. Classic look, oh, just big fan. I like it. I like the jerseys that incorporate the state's flag. So, like Maryland, the Tampa, the Maryland Terrapins, they. They incorporate their wild ass flag where it's like got yeah. checkerboard yellow and uh and black. And then they also have this red and this red and white checkers on there too. I think that looks awesome. So uh, yeah. You have a chance to see those Maryland uniforms, check them out. They look great. Oh wow. Yeah, they are. Beautiful. Interesting. Well, oh, uh, just one last thing. Uh we also have like some discussion on the Baylor uniforms. I know Andy oh, yeah. likes them, and Big in a fan. weird curve, I don't like them as much. They're okay. They're good. I thought they were good. Like, here's my thing on that. Packers secondary. Here's exactly. My, like, if you look at f- film from last year on Baylor's, where they were doing the navy or not navy, the the darker forest green and then the gold. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was they had that for like four or five years, or at least maybe even longer than that, like ten. 15 years they had that color scheme i thought it was cool to kind of go back to their original kind of old school colorway where it's like a golden yellow and kind of a brighter green it's just i don't know it pops out more and i like it as a shift from kind of the the golden forest that we've seen forever i don't know i just liked it I you made a do. good point you said it was kind of like west Virginia. Uh, and I agree they actually do look a lot like them and that point actually made me like them more because I've always been a fan of West Virginia's uniforms so it's been pretty good right on hashtag Waco fam always (laughs) well this has been a good podcast Uh, about to hit up Twin Peaks <laughs> with Some a bunch dude, of uh, take my Harley friends. Davidson and like my leather jacket and let's go to fucking Twin Peaks and Waco man <laughs> don't forget your chains man <laughs> alright y'all well uh, it's been a good podcast um, yeah. we'll see y'all next month whenever we come back have a good one I would like to thank the person who's going to edit this podcast because this is like a three hour pod <laughs> You're welcome. It's a labor of love. Hey, Mario, thank you for joining us. Yeah, this thanks week. for joining. It was, uh, yeah. it was fun. Hell yeah, guys. Let's do it again. Yeah. Sounds absolutely. good. Thanks for coming on, dude. All right. See y'all later. Thank you for tuning into episode four of Sports Wave. The authority 
of sports and aesthetics. Keep on rocking in the free world.